guys. Welcome back to another episode of Spill the V. Today, I'm sitting down with Sarah Gibson Tuttle, the founder and CEO of Olive and June. From how she got started to her best advice, she tells us how to shine in the business world and how to live our best nail life. Sarah and I'm so excited because I'm literally obsessed with Olive and June. I finally got my second Manny with you like a month ago, right? Yeah, it was a month yeah. ago, and it lasted for I think three weeks, ah, which that's is so insane. So I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I was so impressed when I saw you present at Women's Wear Daily. I was like, oh. this person needs to be my friend. Oh my god, no! I was actually with someone yesterday who was there, and they were like, "You were so funny," and I was like, "That's so funny because sometimes my jokes like hit, and sometimes they don't." And it, like at that one day, it just kind of like hit. So you were on fire. Oh, it was amazing. Um, well, I'm so excited. Uh, so you reached out to me after Women's Wear Daily, and I think that that's in itself just so inspiring, just because most founders like don't reach out to me after I do that. And you just like reached out to say like, congratulations, you killed it. So that's the type of person Sarah is, everyone. I, I find that it's so wonderful to have a community of women around you found, and founders too. I don't want to say men and women, but it's really exciting to have a group of founders around you that you can be supportive of and they're supportive of you. I get really excited when someone is killing it. It is so fun for me to watch and be part of, even if it's just on the sidelines. So refreshing. Well, I'm excited now for you. So let's get into Alvin June. Just tell me a little bit about what it is. I obviously know and love it, but just for those of us who haven't quite discovered the brand yet. So Olive and June, I, by the way, I'm like so excited for when people get to discover it. It's the best thing ever. It's literally the best. It's so fun. So Olive and June started uh, in 2013, and our goal in 2013 was really to be this new type of neighborhood nail salon. I am obsessed with nails. I'm obsessed with having your nails painted, having your nails done. It makes me feel powerful, ready to take on the day. And so it really started as this place where you could go and just feel so good and then walk out feeling like the best version of yourself. And so from start to finish, whether it be, you know, you walk in and someone's super friendly to you or you go to the polish wall and it's really tonally organized. So you're not, there's not a red next to a green next to a glitter. Like they're, they're all in their specific homes and you can literally look at it and be like, okay, if I'm feeling glitters, here's my palette. Here's my range. If I'm feeling neutrals, here's my palette. Here's my range. So from that to the manicure is just being so friendly and excited or being quiet if you're feeling like you want to zen out we've had people fall asleep in the chairs um so fun and and you walk out and you have this wonderful manicure that kind of carries with you for the week or the 10 next 10 days for you for three weeks by the way I'm not guaranteeing days. <laughs> not guaranteeing those results no I'm just getting it. it's so fun when that happens um it's like so exciting to us we want your manicure to last as long as possible so it really started you know very similarly to how dry bar started which is like how do you have this like affordable luxury experience for women and make and men and make them feel really good and then as we've built the brand and we have three locations in Los Angeles really what we realized is that there was a huge opportunity to bring that happiness and make people feel good for that seven to ten days around the country and and ultimately around the world so women in LA and New York were basically getting their nails done all the time almost weekly and women outside of those cities were basically getting their nails done three times a year and trying it a couple times a year and being like, I can't do this. So for us, it was, wait a second, we can bring Olive and June to everyone and teach everyone. And that way everyone can participate and feel good. You know, nails and manicures are the cheapest way to change your look and beauty. It's super inexpensive, and but it's so fun. And so why not give that happiness to everyone? I love that. No, and I'm like the type of person too, where I always have to have my nails done. 
I don't know if like Melody, you're not like that. Your nails aren't done, but like my nails are literally always done because it makes you feel good. It, it's 98... like clean. I just feel yeah. like put together. If my nails look good, I, like I look good. You can wear a t-shirt. You can wear sweatpants. You can do anything. You can be in a yoga class. Like it's you. You can be talking to the camera when you're doing your makeup tutorial. Like whatever it is. Um, Ninety-eight percent of women say they feel better when they have a manicure. That's nuts. Yeah. So who are those two percent of women? I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Shout out to Melody. No, it's so funny. It's like there are people that are just like, ah, oh. but it's it's low. The percentages are low. Oh man, no, I need my nails done at all times. Um, but tell me a little bit about your background. I actually don't really know this. So how did you, I mean, you make starting a business sound so easy, which is definitely not. So, you know, what did you major in in college and how did you get here? So I was a philosophy major in college, which doesn't really tell you much because- oh, philosophy, happiness- Nails, yeah, happiness. Think, thinking deeply and critically, I guess, like analyzing the world. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of works. Yeah. Um, my dad's like, you're a critical, like you can critically analyze anything. I'm like, I think that's philosophy. Judgment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shade. Um, so I was a philosophy major at Colgate, which is back east in, in upstate New York. I really wanted to be a lawyer for a hot period of time. I also wanted to be an actress. So like, who knows? Okay. I had lots of ideas and thoughts, but... I, philosophy is a great major in a liberal arts school if you want to be a lawyer. So I took philosophy and I was a theater minor. So again, I like really... Best of both worlds. Totally. And then I was an intern um, for two years at a magazine, Teen People, and then for two years um, on the floors, excuse me, the floor of the stock exchange. So for me, it was a crazy environment. I know my dad worked in finance and his best friend was like, I can get you this job and like you can do it. And so I literally, I worked in the floor of the stock exchange and I just loved the energy. I am such a people pleaser deep down in my core. Like I can be sarcastic and like quippy and whatever, but I am such a people pleaser, such a client service person. And so I just like loved the pace and the energy of it. it was super, everything was super fast and you had to be, you had to be on point all the time, but you were just basically making clients happy. And so my senior year of college, I started interviewing for positions like up on the desk, which is basically people who were calling the floor of the stock exchange at JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, City, Goldman. And I got a job at JP Morgan. Wow. It was insane. By the way, I worked for anyone. I don't know if your audience is younger or older, probably. My audience is everyone. Everyone, everyone perfect. listens to this podcast. Anyone who's listening, the reason I got all those interviews is because I worked at Career Services in college. And I basically did it. I loved helping people with their resumes. Like, I just loved resumes. I don't know. I'm such a like, little like geek about it. But I also wanted everyone's resumes to be good. I was like, want to set everyone up for success. Again, I'm like such a lover of other people. And so... Um, then I knew who was who was interviewing, and so I was able to put my resume and all that. I just was av- I was aware of it and what they were looking for because I was on the other side of it. So then I got a job at J.P. Morgan, and then ultimately I got um, poached to go to Morgan Stanley. But it was ten years of equity sales trading, so basically hedge funds for the most part, mutual funds, and I was their salesperson, and I was the liaison between our trader and their trader, and it was basically like buying and selling stocks and making sure that the prices, everybody was happy with the price. And it's, you know, it's a pretty high, high, you know, fast-paced environment and people are pretty discerning. So it was, it was tough. It was really hard. But my clients, like I was such a diehard client service person. Like I would do anything for my clients to the point where every boss was like, you have to like have the Morgan Stanley jersey on or the JP Morgan jersey on. And I was like, I'm just such a client person. But I think when you're when you have that in your soul and like your core, you can kind of do anything that's in client facing mm-hmm. business. Wow. Okay. And long winded answer. But how did you make the jump? 
So I wanted to do it to LA because of the weather, which sounds okay. very vapid after that whole experience. No. That whole <laughs> that makes total sense. I just I'm such a Type A driven person that I know that there's like a balance to me when I'm in sunny weather where people are somewhat chiller than people in New York. Uh-huh. I think my mom was like, "You are a very high strung human. Like, can you chill out a little?" Um, and so I started interviewing in LA, and I walked into a dry bar and was like what is this place? And I've always just, nails has been my thing. And so there was this light bulb moment of like, I need to do this in nails. And that was it. And I, about six months later, I quit, moved, moved across the country for a year, researched everything I could about nails, opened all of in June, never did a model, was kind of crazy. was like, I'm just going to do this. That's nuts. It's nuts. Wow. It's not. So what does Olive and June stand for? So Olive and June are my great-grandmother and my grandmother. So Olive is my great-grandmother and June's my grandmother. And June's still alive. And she's like, um, I was a daddy's girl. So I don't know that it was Olive and June always. And it's just so funny. And then the other day she was like, she's 94. and she's 94? She's 94. And she's, my daughter's named after her. I'm like absolutely obsessed with her. She's such a sarcastic human. But she, but by the way, so she was a labor and delivery nurse for a really long time. And then used to like, when she was in her 80s, knit hats for these babies. Like, she's a very, like, tough lady, but, like, with really high standards, but, like, the biggest heart. Like, we're so similar in that way. And so she's such a wonderful human. But the other day she was like, you know, your cuticle serum, I've been using it. And she just looked at me. This is over Christmas. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, it's really good. And she was even surprised at how good it was. So we're making her proud every day, which is really exciting. I love that. And then can you talk a little bit, I thought this was really interesting. And one day I aspire to have a nail polish named after me, but about just how you get the names for your nail polishes. Yes. So yes, we need a nail polish named after you for sure. But unfortunately, CV is like my favorite color and it's already taken. So we can do it. We can do a play on that. <laughs> CV's named after Claire Vivier. By the way, that red is like so her. A gray red. Oh, I'm so glad you love it. Yeah. Um, there are more reds. To, there are more shades to I come. Guess. Yes. We'll get you. You definitely. Shades of red. You need one because you're obsessed with nails. And so nails. everyone who's like, so basically the Olive and June polishes, the idea was how do you make them special? Really, honestly, I've always been so grateful for the support and the love that the community has given has given me, whether it be regulars in our salon to influencers, celebrities, other founders, like just the universe of women that have like really buoyed us in this that you don't build these brands from just like the founder's really cool like that's not what it's about although I'm kind of like a nerd inside but like you don't you don't build it from that you build it because people support you and love you and are good to you um and hopefully you do the same for them and so the nail polishes are named after ever olive and june besties so you know there's really fun nail polish brands that have all these kind of fun names I was like, I want to basically um, celebrate the women um, and hopefully at some point men who there's a couple of guys in the wings who really want to polish. Um, and so I wanted to celebrate that and celebrate the community. So they're named after all of the Olive and June besties. So the first collection included Mandy Moore, for example, who's been an absolute fantastic friend to me personally, but also a friend to the brand and, and loved Olive and June since the beginning. And so it's just, it's people like that that have just been so fantastic to us. Um, Claire Vivier, the red that um, that you're talking about, is came to uh, uh, Olive and June before we even open for a press day. I wow. mean, we've been friends for such a long time, and so it's it's a wonderful thing. And I think LA does that really well, where the there's female founders have a very very connected network. Um, super excited about our spring collection. I don't know when this is going to air, but I'll just 
but that's what I want. So yeah, so we have, so yeah, I can't say anything. Um, um, our publicist is in the room, by the way. I just want you guys to know. And um, spill the V, spill it. I'm like, I'll tell you everything. Um, but it's it's again, it's another collection of women that just like embody Olive and June, and and every collection has a mood. So there's like a Manny mood. So a Manny mood. Yeah, because like you have a Manny mood. I mean, you genius. Thank you. You generally have a red Manny mood. That's but a, that's so smart. But most people change their moods a lot. Right. So for for um, winter, it was treat yourself, and so Claire was part of treat yourself because like you treat yourself by buying yourself a Claire Vive bag, um, and so every collection has a mood. So then the names have to meld into that mood, and so there's a lot of people that I'm still like I. I have like this list of people and I'm like, I have to figure out, but we have a lot of colors to make. We make at least that. 25 colors a year. So 25 a year. So we made 25 last year and we're doing collabs this year. So wow. it'll be more this year. That's crazy. I saw you did a collab. It was with Sprinkles, right? Yes. That was a really cool collab. So we named a polish after Candace. Yeah. Um, and so we did a lot of fun activations around that. I mean, again, Candace, Candace has been supportive for so long of Olive and June. And so it's really, really fun. And I wanted to do a chocolate brown shade so badly. And by the way, it's like the coolest, chicest color. So. I, I know. I saw it and I was like, I don't know if I could pull it off. Maybe. You can. Maybe. It's, I don't. I'm. Here's the thing is I go into a nail salon and I'm like, I'm going to try something new. <laughs> Always red. And now I have the CV one and I bring it into my nail salon and it's like, okay, never ending. Yeah. You're like, I'm good here. <sighs> but anyway, so... I just want to clarify. So Olive and June started as just like a brick and mortar store in Beverly Hills? As a nail salon in Beverly Hills in 2013. Okay. And now you have an entire line of products. You've been sold at Target. Like how did that all happen? Yeah. So I think a couple years ago, we were getting a ton of inbounds, whether it be from um, funders to, you know, VCs, private equity, to um, franchising, to people being like, where are your products? Um, And I think I, I looked at it like, if we were going to have a product line, it has to be innovation. Like, I don't just want to put a nail polish bottle out there. It was really fun calling colors. We've we've been a you know a nail authority for a pretty long time, and we've sold out some colors for other brands, and that's super exciting. But I just didn't want to put out like a blue. Like, here's your or here, even a red. Like, I was like, I want to do something bigger in the space, and so it took us a long time to figure out that organically what that should be versus just like forcing it you know we were have always had investors who are angels and not vc so we're able to kind of like take our time with the business and figure out what we wanted to grow and when and and make it real so um a couple years ago took a step back from the salons and you know we had three salons and was basically able to like look at the market and realize that women around the country are totally underserved in nails and so the only way to really serve them was not going to be to have nail salons everywhere because ultimately you know, we pay our manicures a ton because they are artists and in the space and that what wasn't going to be able to be, that wasn't affordable everywhere. But also, frankly, there aren't enough manicures to supply the demand in the United States. And so by like five times. So you just basically, you, but you look at makeup and 99% of makeup is at home. So nails is 10% at home. You just have this huge gap. And so it was really obvious to me, create products that women can actually do their nails at home and you will empower them to do it themselves. And it doesn't mean it takes anything away from the salons. In fact, I think it only enhances people's behavior to be like, my special occasion, Manny's at a salon and I do it the rest of the time at home. Um, and frankly, there's more demand for salons. We have wait lists every day. There's more demand for salons than than salons have the ability to, to satisfy. So 
It was it was like a slow process, I would say. But when it hit, I was like, oh, I'm going to teach everyone in the world how to paint their own nails. It's crazy. Yeah. And I have the at-home mani kit. And it's, I mean, it's just so convenient. Especially like for us, we're always traveling. I don't always have like time to just go get a mani. Um, so it's just, it's really easy to use. And it is very innovative. I've never seen a kit like this one. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's also, if you know how to do it, then it's, you have the ability to fix a chip. You have the ability to put top coat on every few days so that your manis last longer. Like you have ownership. Like when I get my makeup done and I walk out, that's not very often, but when I do it for a shoot or whatever, if I don't like it, I can adjust it myself. Exactly. With your nails, it's like, oh, I don't, or your blowout, right? If you get a blowout, you don't like it. You can fix it. But it's like, if you get your nails done, you don't like it. You're like, oh, I'm screwed. Yeah, you're literally stuck. Like, how do we change that? How do we empower women to like have this routine and then it's up to them what they're how many times a year they're doing it yeah no it's crazy and I I just like how accessible and affordable it is because that's kind of what I was going for with Queen V as well so I just think that that's super inspiring um so tell me a little bit about just you know do you have any mentors in your life um who do you like look up to any After great you spoke advice? at Women's Wear Daily, you. Oh no! Um, no, I was like, she is killing it. Look at this confidence. I was so, I was so inspired. Um, I was very nervous. You were incredible. Thank I you. was like, I was very nervous. I was texting someone while you were talking that was in the audience, and I was like, she is absolutely incredible. So you should feel really, really excited. Fake it till you make it, everyone. By the way, I understand that's true. I was a theater <laughs> minor. I get you. I feel that. Um, still doing that over here. Uh so many mentors and people that I look up to. Um, our brand director is one of them. Her name's Crystal Mears. And when she helped, first started helping me before we opened, she had run Daily Candy for seven years, part of the founding team in LA and called every major brand that hit LA for those seven years. And, you know, I don't say this enough. Like I, I, I was so inspired and impressed with her of how she looks at a brand. And she understood brand before brand was a thing. Um, Eva Chen, has been is an advisor to our business has been an incredible force um for me personally and professionally and and been able to say to me like think about it this way think about it this way don't worry about this put blinders on you know i think i think um and, and i could list like 17 other people i think i i really try to surround myself with women who are smarter than me in things that I'm not smart in and who challenge me and who don't let me get away with any of my bullshit. Sorry, I was swearing. Um, Literally any of my bullshit. And I really try to push myself because I think that the most exciting conversations are the conversations that you can have where people are like, what about this way? And even if you don't agree, you're able to like really stretch your mind. So I really try to surround myself with people like that all the time. Um, Those two have been incredible to Olive in June and like and what we look at I mean but we also had like Drew Barrymore doing an event at Olive in June three months after we opened for Flower Dead. Beauty Dead. by the way like it wasn't a paid event it wasn't it was nothing she was like I love you I love Crystal I love the brand let's do a Flower Beauty event here and like let me support you and be I mean she was so loving and giving of her time and energy it was incredible and I think if everyone could give that to other people this world, especially this founder world, would be would just flourish because like that's all you need is like someone's love and support. That's so inspiring because I feel like I meet a lot of people who I don't know. There's a lot of jealousy out there. There's a lot of people who say they support people, but then they actually don't. So I think that that's just really good advice. I think like whatever you put out into the universe, like you get back. I'm very big on like energy and manifestation and all that stuff. I literally had a conversation yesterday of someone who used to work for me, didn't leave on the best terms asked to speak to me. I got on the phone with them within 
two hours of that email and they want to start a nail salon and I give them advice. I don't think... Oh, wow. You're really nice. (laughs) I just don't think there's any... I think it's like such... I think the world is so full of energy. I totally agree with you. Like to me, it was like we should... There's so much room for everyone in every category. And ultimately, like if you're creating something super special, like your products... are you and so you can't no one can replicate that that's so true someone beats you then like you're meant to do something different no and I think that's really good advice too just because you know when you start your own company you kind of start to like look at the competition right and then for me it was like I was looking at the competition too much where I was like why am I so worried about like what others are doing like I know what I'm doing I'm doing it well like I have to just like you know put those blinders up stay in my lane um because like one of the questions I had here was you know like how do you look at your competitors but I guess you probably don't even see them as competitors. They're so different. I right? don't. I really look at the market as like holistic. Right. And like I believe that everybody wants to ask me about competitors. It happens all the time. And a lot of impress um, interviews too. And less so I think because I've made it really clear like how I feel about it. But the the nail world is so underserved. Like the consumer is so underserved that if someone does something great in – a different part of the category than we're in like I'm so happy um I might wish they did it a little differently or I might wish they priced it differently or and I I had this conversation so Allie who started dry bar is one of my best friends and oh, so cool love uh, oh you should have her so on she, well she was on she did the we had a launch event for Queen Bee and she was on our panel oh cool and she's that was like I was like freaking out oh she's because I also go to dry bar once a week oh my god I love so. that she's also the most supportive person so you are yeah, we will we will all hang. Um, but Allie, like we we were on her birthday week weekend and I was mad about some brand in our category was pricing products too expensively. And there was like a discrepancy and I was like, they should be pricing it X. I don't understand. And she turned to me and she was like, Why do you care? Like, why are we having this conversation? You care too much. I was like, she's like, you should just be happy. It positions you well. And I was like, I don't know. I so deeply care. And I think it's because it's different in hair where there's like so many competitors. In nails, it's so small, and I'm like, this market is a billion dollar at-home market. It should be a $20 billion at-home market. It's not going to just be Olive in June. Like, let's all crush it and like give the consumer the gift of beautiful nails. Like, it's just so clear to me. So I I don't I don't look at anyone as like super steep competition. I don't like when people copy us. Oh, um, don't get me started on yeah, that. Yeah, that's a bummer. I'm a huge proponent of original thought. Um, and so I'm like, come on, there's a better, even if it's different, there's just cool to see different things in the world. Um, but other than that, I really, I'm, you know, we partnered with Essie for the target collaboration that we did last year. And like, I'm obsessed with Essie. I'm obsessed with the founder. I've had lunch with her and I was obsessed with her and she's now not part of that business anymore, but I love the marketing team there. Like, I, I just don't, I think we're all occupying a different space. Totally agree. I've gotten better at it too. I feel like as you like grow your business and like kind of become not more mature, but just, I don't know. There's so many other things to stress about. Like I I don't even have time to look at competition anymore, honestly. Oh, Allie would definitely be here making fun of me being like, you didn't feel this way in the beginning. (laughs) So don't worry. It's an evolved (laughs) Two years in and you're like, all right, I I don't need to look at anyone else. Yeah, like I'm just so you know, like I'm six years in to all of it. So it's really has evolved. So I'm not, I'm not quite as mature as I, or I wasn't always quite as mature as I am now. You live and you learn. Um, so what does like a typical day in your life look like? I always Typically wonder. I come here, we film, we tape a podcast. I'm just kidding. Every single day. <laughs> it's our full-time job. It's so different every day because I used to be in the salons working the front desk, right? And so oh, that- Oh, really? I did that for the wow. first year. 
Yeah. And then so, you watch me all your customers and yes. wow, and cool. I'm like, if you the my husband calls um uh he calls it he calls it what does he call it uh like a black hole basically he's like you go into the salons and like I don't know when you will come out like you're so obsessed with talking to people and like seeing what they're doing what's their color and what's their art and like if the manicurist is like how do I do this differently like I'm so obsessed with it or like cleaning the bathroom um so so it's different now I go in the salons really for meetings um which I love doing which is what so fun it's I told you it was the best meeting of my life I'm like Manny Petty, yes. Ah, it's like it's the best. It's by the way, it's like the only power I have in Bi-weekly LA. Weekly meetings, so. anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's do. Um, let's do a standing. Um, and so we obviously we go into the office, but like it's different every day. So sometimes it's a ton of press. Sometimes it's a ton of um, we're on a photo shoot and we're you know we're shooting for the next you know season or collection or collab. Um, we do a ton of product development, so that's like that's top of mind. I mean, we have those meetings almost every day. Or we're talking about it almost every day. So it really shifts for me. My my biggest focuses are product development um, and then supporting the business. So it's like whether that be press or social, you know, other extensions like that. Um, luckily, I don't do a ton of the operations anymore because Ugh. I'm terrible at it. Same. Yeah. I'm like, learn that the hard way because my CEO is a rock star and like, I don't need to do that anymore. Thank God. Um, but I, but I have to weigh in on all those things too. So it's like, so it's really figuring that out. And then, you know, I think for us, I really try to stay as in touch with the salons as possible. I think the bespoke art happens there this and the color you know we we've called a bunch of trends this year or for 2019 which were ombres and then we've we've called french's for 2020 um that all starts oh no i'm not on trend you will be you will be i need to get on trend immediately we'll we'll get you we'll get you by the way some people are like trend forget that i want my red manny um i feel like that's what i would do i'd be like i'm coming in to get my 2020 trend actually nope cv for me please (laughs) well we just had this article in zoe report come out and it was based basically like oh um it was like jennifer lopez is wearing the french which sarah gibson Tuttle called like last september oh my god someone like, said you called it i was like yes like because you call these things because what happens is i start to see them in salon and i see them digitally and like or we're talking about it and i'm and they're asking what's going to be huge and i'm like it's going to be the french is back and we were calling it for like four months and it was kind of like it was like percolating and then it just like exploded at the globes and to see it I was like yeah you're the nail whisperer it was just so good I was like everyone calls me the vagina whisperer so now we have a nail whisperer yes and like ombres and the New York Times did a piece and they were like and they found us on Instagram I was like yes this is what this is where it should be like so it was really exciting um so what's your like favorite part of your day or like of your job product development yeah same I just love I love being super creative and thinking of something new for the consumer. Like when we we came out with the Poppy, which is that patented polish bottle handle that we came out with that's like really a hero product for us. To be able to like paint with your left hand is like mind blown and it's such a great thing. And so I want to do that like a million times over. It's just really fun for me to create things that people love. Oh, I love that. Um, and then for anyone listening, where can you buy all of the June products? So you can buy Olive and June products on our website, oliveandjune.com. You will be able to buy Olive and June products at a very big wholesaler, retailer, as of like two to three weeks from now. Um, You can probably know what that is based on what we've done in the past, but I'm not confirming anything. And, but, but on our website and, uh, and that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So now we're going to move on to like my favorite part of the podcast. It's the just rapid fire round of questions Great. that I'm normally not supposed to comment on because apparently I talk too much, but I always comment on it. So. Oh, I, lo- I like when you talk. I talk. Wait, I'm a valley girl. Was, so. Is that like a feedback? 
No, we're just, you know, millennials' attention spans are mm. shorter, so we've got to keep it uh, quick. Mm, I think you're funny as shit, so oh. I'm like, you can talk as much as you want. Amazing. I love it. Um, so what's your go-to brunch spot in L.A.? Oh my this is also just for like but, but my I personal. Like, I'm like, huh, let me think. John and Vinny's. Yeah. John and Vinny's is good. I haven't been for brunch yet. It is. I So I had my birthday breakfast there um, two years ago, I think. I think it's better for breakfast than it is for lunch and dinner, which I know is saying a ton, but it, the breakfast is fantastic. Okay. Underrated. Okay. The only other place I would go is um, um, Dupar's for pancakes. Oh, I love Dupar's. Dupar's yeah. is the best. There's also a place on Sunset. Have you been to the Griddle yet? Mm-mm. Interested. Love a pancake. It's like a pancake the size of my head. Very interested. Very, very I'm not celiac, but I'm very highly sensitive to gluten and I still intake it. So okay. the griddle After is for this, me. After this, I want to show it to you. Yeah, the griddle is um, for me. Okay, favorite pizza topping? Nothing. Well wow. done cheese. Okay. Well done cheese. Okay. I like to, because I'm sensitive to gluten, I like to, if the cheese is really well done and it's good cheese, I pick the cheese off and, and just, just eat, eat the it. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, tea or coffee? Uh. <laughs> Matcha latte with fresh almond milk that's not from a box. Are you going to say from Alfred? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, no, because Alfred is not fresh almond milk. Um, uh, moon juice. Oh, I like moon juice. Yeah, or that good brand. milk, MYLK. Yes. Um, I'm very specific. But if I have to do, if I have to, if I'm outside of LA, um, there's matcha bar in New York. But if I'm outside of like... <laughs> Big <I know>. cities. <laughs> Guys, don't think I don't if know where they all are. <laughs> don't think I don't know in Portland where you go, because I do, if in case you're wondering. Um... I get an English breakfast tea with whole milk steamed because oh. why not? That's a good order. I kind of want to try yes, that. It's delicious. Um, what was the last text you sent? Should Even though I your look? phone's put away, but yeah. Should I look, guys? Yeah. Should I like see? I hope it's embarrassing. It's never embarrassing. It's always like, just got here or. Um, it was to one of my best friends, Heather, and I wrote, and I just saw her before this. I randomly ran into her and I wrote, miss you already. Sweet. Yeah, she'll be very happy that she's on Not this podcast. Not very gossipy, but sweet. Um, sneakers very sweet. or heels? I like love my friends. Uh, sneakers or heels? Yeah. Um, Are you going to say booties? I'm wearing heels right now, but I would say that like my new um, Jordan 4s, are the best thing ever. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm, I'm snakes. I'm a sneakers girl too right now. Um, favorite TV show? I'm very excited about this one. Um, I'm like an obsessed Real Housewives um, reality person, but I will just say that I just started watching you. And like, I don't know, Penn Badgley as a serial killer is just so... Yeah. I I never thought he was hot in Gossip Girl, and I'm like, I'm here for Penn Badgley. But the other third one, ready? Okay. Succession. Oh, oh, yeah. Because Kieran Culkin is basically like... I want him to be my best friend. Succession is one of the best shows I've seen. Um, even But I fall asleep to it. Succession? I always fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's like my favorite show. I love that show. Um, you, I, you know, I don't like scary things. Oh, then you is not for you. No. And also just like Dan from Gossip Girl is like, so Dan. But do you know why they call it you? No. Because you're supposed to say, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. That's so good. Because like when you're a stalker, I'm, I'm watching, watching you. you. Mm. I and like then, kind of love that. I think that's so smart. I mean, I mean, it's creepy, but I like, I'm into it. What about re- what about reality? I mean, I've, literally, I'm the queen of Bravo. <laughs> like, it's disgusting. I crashed Andy Cohen's baby shower. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I, have I have to show you the videos. I'm like, it is like the worst thing I've ever done. I am obsessed with reality TV, but I love all the housewives. Um, I can rank them, but I probably 
won't just to save time. And then Below Deck is like. Oh, Below Deck has like never been that interesting to me. But I also think just because I have like, now that I have a child, there's just like a limited time. But I don't think I'm not making time for the Housewives. So if you only have time for like one Housewives, which one would it be? Uh, New York, but Bethany has to be on it. I know. Yeah. It's not going to get anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not. Although I'm very interested in to see like the Orange County Beverly Hills, which I'm not caught up on, but I'm like saving it for basically like a weekend binge or I have a bunch of flights coming up. I'm so excited because I like to watch them basically from start to finish, including and then hit your then you hit yourself with the mm-hmm. reunions. The reunions because then are you're the best like part. It's it's a day of like I'm doing nothing. nothing. Yeah. OC this season was it's okay. OC was okay. I th- Jersey's my favorite. Oh, I like Jersey a lot. I do. I mean, sorry, I'm being told to wrap up. I'm okay. sorry, but just we'll, so, we'll but just so we know, like I firmly believe that Teresa is not with Joe, and I think they have not been together for a very long time. They're not together. Yeah, I don't believe it. They're not together. Okay, okay. Oh, sorry, page. Melody. Okay, biggest pet peeve. Um, people that make us hurry up when we're talking about reality I TV. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Um, biggest pet peeve is when people are um, aren't just direct. That's a good one. Um, what time do you get up in the morning? You have a kid. so Between six and seven. I try to get up and have a cup of tea before Noah wakes up. Favorite emoji? Uh, favorite emoji. The nail polish one? It's, it might be the nail polish one. I also think it's probably the kiss emoji. I do that a lot. That's cute. Yeah. And then lastly, what is your zodiac sign? Libra, because obviously I'm the best. The best. Libra is the best sign. Well, I'm a Virgo, so I'll say Virgo is the best no, but, sign. But nobody thinks, even Virgos don't think that Virgo is the best sign. Yeah, I love being a Virgo. But Libra's like balance and we're like fun at a party. Yeah. What's I, your What's your Chinese sign? I don't know my Chinese well, I'm sign. I'm a monkey. Monkey. I think I'm a monkey. What right? year were you born? 1993. You're Everyone not now, a monkey. I, I oh, 93. Monkey. Oh, you might be. Oh my God, you're so much younger than me. I literally want to fall through this floor. Um, You might be a monkey. I'm 80. I'm a monkey. I'm going to look this up after. But if anyone knows. But a what, Libra monkey is basically like they've said it's like the best combination. Well, I guess this was the best podcast episode then too, right? I mean, I feel, but if we're going to find out if you're a monkey. Okay. We're going to do that after this. Thanks guys (laughs) for listening. Thank you for being here. I loved this episode. So fun. All of you. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of Spill the V. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow Queen Bee Life on Instagram and me at Lowstein for all your podcast updates and see you on the next one.